Ooh, so don't, um, we, we're just going to edit, like, so don't worry if, like, we make mistakes, but uh, our brother Michael, he's he's the man at editing everything, so cool. So we'll get started, huh? Um, actually, you know what? I'm just going to pause and then... Okay, let's start. Yeah, talo falava malo le kiorana nisa mula manaka fakalavalayatu talo hani and tena kote katoa. My name is Richard Bisile, or um, people do call me Richie, um, but generally that's my name, <laughs> Richard Bisile. We're here um, recording another Fresh Truth Ministries uh, Christ in the Community episode, um, and it is with uh, awesome sister. But before that, just to provide some context for this ministry and, and these podcasts. So Fresh Truth, Fresh pertains to our Pacifica Polynesian heritage and backgrounds and truth. It just looks at our passion for biblical truth and God's infallible and sufficient word. And so we're here to, um, I guess we saw a gap and we want to provide some answers to some, some political, any social, economic, ideological and theological um, happenings that are happening in our modern society and then we want to provide those answers from a, a Polynesian context. So that's Fresh Truth, but we are here to interview our, our awesome sister and so but before we get into that we just want to remind why we are here, um, why Fresh Truth exists, why we're doing this podcast interview and that's Romans 11 verse 36, for of him, through him and to him are all things to him be glory forever. Amen. And that's to our King, to our God, to the one uh, whom we uh, place our allegiance to, who we stand in firm faith with, um, for and to. And so that's our, our King. I've known our next guest for a little bit over a year now uh, through our work. And in that short time, here are some adjectives I'd like to describe her. She's affectionate. She's amiable. She's compassionate, considerate. She's diligent, she's empathetic, she's frank, she's generous, she's intuitive, inventive, and definitely, definitely this one, she's passionate, uh, particularly about the community. Uh, she's wife to a good man who actually indirectly has given me life advice uh, about always being prepared through a rugby league analogy that he used, and he, he was, it's probably not something he'll remember, uh, but I'll always, I'll always remember, and she's mother to three beautiful young ladies. She lives out west, but was born a Southsider, uh, was raised in the 275. Uh, she's the one, she's the only, she's Gillian Ray. <laughs> Hello, Gillian, how are you? Hello, Richie. What an intro. I think you're making me bigger than I really am. <laughs> How's things you. on your end? Oh, things are good. Busy. Mm down our end but um yeah it's all you know you just plot along christmas nearly there so just hanging out for when we can really praise and um remind us of the actual real reason behind christmas so yeah i look forward to that as well nice for for you for work does work you know because for some people christmas obviously is the the cool down period does that happen to you or does it actually pick up no, that's a cool down period for okay. me, just to spend time with friends and family. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just to reflect, um, you know, and because, I, you know, having to teach my kids that the real reason behind Christmas in the face of uh, seeing Santa everywhere and yeah. <laughs> talking about those kinds of things. So, no, I find it more relaxing and I, I have more time to really um, dedicate and meditate during that particular time. So I see it as a time of refreshing. Um, 
Oh, the only stresses would be like having to try and buy everybody's presents, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you able to introduce, I, I did speak a little bit about your family, but are you all right to introduce uh, yourself and your family? Yeah. So, um, well, my name is actually uh, Gillian Ray. Uh, Ray is actually my husband's <laughs> first name. And then everyone always says, Oh, so is his name Ray Ray? The answer is no, it's not Ray Ray. He is Ray Tuala. So I, when I'm with my um, seniors, Samoan seniors, I, I tend to say I'm Gillian Ray Tuala. Mm. But definitely born in New Zealand and uh, was raised in Mangele. And I went to about three primary schools there before I was, um, my mum decides to put me into normal intermediate which is in Mount Eden and then I went on to Epsom Girls from there um, but have, but even though I was going there I was actually catching the bus from Maangili to wow. Epsom every day so um, that's so and also I live out west as you said I, mm. I, yeah, I tend to have been everywhere and I've even schooled over the North Shore as well in tertiary uh, studies and in Auckland University um, I have, like you said, three girls. Uh, the eldest is 19, the middle one's 15, and then I've got my young one who's nine, nine years old. So that's pretty much me by parents. I suppose as any Samoan, you've got to say where your heritage is from. So <laughs> my mum was actually born in Malia, but was then taken out and raised in Lefanga, Ngangefo uh, Ilaval. My dad, who's uh, long passed away, uh, came from the village of Sanga, in mm. um, in Apia, so right. that's that was my dad, and then I've got a stepfather who's from Salelua in Savai. Yeah, mm. that's. These are some of the um. Yeah, just thinking. You, you said Lefanga and Salelua. That's uh, I, I hear those villages often, so it must be popular. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So you you mentioned I just so I just clicked now that you said you went to Epsom and you're. Your girls, uh, one of your oldest went to Epsom, and your there's another daughter yeah. at Epsom at the moment. Yeah, two two girls went. One's finished, and I've got one currently there. Oh. And then my youngest is at Point Chev Primary. What, what what um was there something about Epsom that made you want to send the girls there? Well, only because I went there. Okay. Uh, my mum, yeah, took me there. I think they really support the idea that uh. A, any a girl can pursue any career mm. you know so I wanted my girls to believe that no matter what whether it was a um, a domain that was not traditionally woman that yeah. they would know that they had the capacity and the capability to do it so it was more a self-esteem thing to build up around um and being around other women strong-minded women yeah nice mm. and and I'm I'm assuming sorry to touch back on on this subject but um Epsom obviously has a, a stronger Pacifica population now. How was it in your time? I think uh, I think I was only like three, there was three of us out of a seventh form. That's what they call it, which is year thirteen. <laughs> <now. laughs> so I think I was three. There were only three Pacific Islanders out of um. Wow. Maybe yeah. At that time, it was difficult. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But I did. I did hang around with all the islanders at the, but you know there is a streaming. It's funny; it's not done uh, as blatant as Auckland grammar, but you actually just knew where you were placed according to the teachers. 
but uh, I, there were some good things there. That's why I've sent my girls there. Yeah. To try yeah. and mix in too with a broader, because um, I actually love mixing with different type, different people from mm. different cultures. Yeah. And I think that poses that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's an important point for our people eh, is to to extend their their, their view, their their world view in, in, in regards to ethnicity and, and culture, and not to just limit yeah. oneself there. No, that's cool. Yeah, that, that, I, I just I just found that really interesting. Um, yeah, cool. So just moving along the the big question i guess i want to ask is how, how did you come to faith in christ um well i was first exposed to it when i went to a mangere church uh but it was a little small methodist balangi church and Where was i that, gave Julie? my life oh it's on um Almden Street kind of beta drive and it's got the sausage dog yes on. yes that's my auntie's <laughs> church my auntie was there when she was in the samuels oh, okay. there so yeah Yes, well, I went to that church as a child, and I was in the girls' brigade in that particular uh, group. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Norris were the teachers, and I ended up giving my life at about 11 or 12, mm. and I remember it very clearly. But then my Samoan grandparents came, and we suddenly had to go to a Samoan church, and we shifted. I don't want to name that church, but okay. it was there that I just completely away because I hated the hypocrisy and I okay. think at that time as a teenager I decided that I was an atheist not agnostic because agnostic implies that you're sitting on the fence atheist to me was a total rejection of and I didn't even believe in evolution either so when they talked about monkeys I didn't believe in that too so I didn't know what I believed in I just didn't believe in anything uh, how I came to the Lord was actually at university um, I I didn't like the Christians there. I looked down at them. I scoffed at them. I hated their uh, questions of, where do you think you'll go? And then when, you know, they'd tell me I'd go to hell. So it was not a positive experience for me. Um, being, and I felt they thought they were better. It was a trend of becoming a Christian at that time. But I had one particular friend who was my, who actually showed me love through the friendship, mm. never raised anything about Christ, only when I asked and I started to ask questions yeah. and ask her point of view and she was not perfect by any means but whenever she fell fell she would rely on her faith to come back you know like to and I was there as her support because if she liked a non-Christian boy I'd say well doesn't your Christian faith say that you shouldn't be yoked <laughs> so we were kind of like a support and she would also support me so after two years and asking different questions and her trying to explain it to me. I don't know, one night in the conversation, I knew it would never be just a trend. I actually gave my life with her over the phone uh, wow. talking about Christ. Yeah, and that was two years. But I think the crucial thing was she wasn't trying to shove it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. She just actually showed it. She showed it in love. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think that's been a common theme um, with these podcasts too, is there's the, the the vitality and the importance of of sharing it publicly um, and actually saying it directly, but that it also needs to be backed up um, by the, your actions, by one's behavior, and often that will reject the first, but it's the second that will really bring people um to to ask things about the lord so yeah so, so both are both are heavily um mm. reliant on each other i should say mm. yeah. and it's i like this the story that because you know sometimes you get the big massive um 
glorious change and they came to this massive rally and that's how they gave their life but i like that you you you've shared that it was just a, between you and your mate over the phone that's that's pretty cool <laughs> do you still keep in contact with, with your friend oh yes i still keep in contact yes and oh nice it's a real journey ever since that uh that conversion and and acceptance but you know uh just starting off you're always passionate and then you know you go up and down so yeah yeah, of course and and the lord also wants to work on a few things um that are deep-seated or and it's not easy he always sometimes he asks you to do things that aren't actually what you want to do uh but in the long run everything if i've followed what he said um there's been a lesson in it yeah i could have got there faster if i had just listened to him (laughs) in the first place (laughs) Yeah. And not gone on my own street. So that's half the problem as well. Yeah. yeah. As, as as a Christian, that you do sometimes rely on your own strength, and then it's only when you hit rock bottom you suddenly turn to God. So yeah. it's just been up and down, you know. Yeah. I, I, I think I think we're all in that boat if we just listen properly to the Lord at times and, and not carry our own strength. So yeah, you're definitely not alone there, Jillian. Yeah, um sorry. can I just ask what you studied at uni? Yeah, I did um, a Bachelor of Arts in um, Sociology and Anthropology. I also did physiotherapy, but I never completed the physiotherapy. And that was a, another tragic story. But that was like, a, um, again, I had to really rely on God to mm. recover from not actually finishing the physiotherapy. But it really had an impact on my self-esteem. And again, I had to turn to God to yeah. overcome. Uh, those messages you sometimes give yourself that's so negative when yeah, you've yeah. gone through something like that. Yeah. So I definitely have, that's why um, sometimes I still remember the health um, terminology and things like that. It nice. comes from the physiotherapy background. But I also have a, um, I did to prove to myself that I wasn't uh, dumb or anything, I actually did do a diploma of sports studies with the University of Otago. Um, and <laughs> Did well down there so <laughs> yeah that's part of the journey that God took me to and then that's when I realized that actually I'm not I'm not I'm not dumb like the messages I got as I was growing up so things like that you know the Lord has helped me come through those that, that kind of thinking yeah yeah you yeah know, self-esteem. nice yes, that's nice, yeah. <laughs> can I just go back to um something you were saying about you coming Coming, kind of coming full circle back to the Lord, but when you started going to the the Samoan law and you lost your faith there eh, um, because of the hypocrisy, but and and, and knowing that um, that that hip, that that hypocrisy that we see in churches doesn't define Christianity. It's that's yeah, that's right. just human behavior. But um, what was it about that that turned you off from from Christianity? Oh, well, like I said, you know, you see people preaching from the pulpits, mm. but you knew that they were having affairs and <laughs> right. okay. talk about love and, and then they'd punch their children right in front of you. So yeah. it's kind of like, oh, and I, and as a teenager, I wasn't really mature enough to process that. Yeah, yeah. I would look at that and go, oh, this, this can't be true. This can't be the real, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. it wasn't until I was much older that I realized that actually humans and their failings were born with that sin. Um, I had to separate what you were just saying then, separate mm. out that God is real. Everything he t- 
teaches and preaches is actually real, but yeah. his followers are not necessarily the same. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, I had to stop looking at the people. Yeah, start looking at Christ, uh, and that's how I have to look at. It. I just look at the Christ, but I do tend to look at people's actions, and you know, yeah. as you just said, that speaks louder than actually. Yeah, yeah. From the pulpit, um, yeah, I didn't see much love in that space, and yeah, I just and also I already. I already had a rejection of the culture, um, as I alluded to before. Um, as a child, I was sexually abused from the age of three to 11 uh, mm. from different Samoa men. Yeah. And they tended to be from Samoa. So going to the Samoan church, I was already, yeah. already rejecting the culture. Yeah. And then seeing the hypocrisy on top of it yeah. did not help at all and so i i had a real disdain for the culture and i was very um i guess balangi in my ways so mm. i deliberate you know where people might just go on merrily i deliberately started to speak a certain way yeah um sometimes you can hear it in my accent like it's now become a part of me that i i can't get yeah. rid of and sometimes my kids laugh at the way i <laughs> say things because yeah. it's part of the legacy when i used to just always want to be so English and not mm. anything to do with the culture yeah so that didn't you know that did not help and I couldn't believe in a God you know when I'm seeing the, the hypocrisy in front of me yeah, just yeah. experienced uh, sexual abuse and thought well gosh how can God be real so that's why I totally was an atheist yeah and my mum I would have broken my mum's heart had she asked me if I believed in God because I would have definitely said no. Oh, okay. Would have his heart. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that I would say that didn't help my um, my already tarnished picture of the culture. Mm. And so I just totally rejected it completely, uh, mainly with the men. Uh, I was okay with uh, New Zealand-born girls. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, um, but when I did give my life to Christ, uh, he had to deal with that brokenness that I yeah. had as he does with all of us, but he had mm -hmm. to deal with that brokenness. And then when I was at university, two major things happened. It has um, really okay. been defining for me. And that was, I joined the Samoan Associate at university to play basketball, because I was a <laughs> basketball fan. But in that Associate were uh, scholarship students, people who actually came from Samoa, the men that came, some of the young guys from Samoa, the young women, and I just suddenly took to them. They were so funny. They were hilarious. They um, were caring. And it really dawned upon me that, wait a minute, my parents would have been like these very people when they first arrived. And here I was looking down at them. I was, I was a real snob. I looked down at Samoan horns. Mm. I looked down at Samoan men. But that really had a major impact and I realized, oh, my gosh, you know, these could be my parents when they were here. Um, so to reject the culture was to actually re to reject my parents mm. that dawning. Wow. And then yeah. And secondly, I found Christ. Mm. I, that was the second thing. And um, <laughs> he was challenging me to heal and to um, accept who I was. And you know that it says in Psalm 139, we are fearfully, wonderfully made. Yeah. Amen. Once I uh, realized that you know, I'm to love myself because we're created in his image, mm. we should love ourselves. Then he also said about we're unique. 
I was confronted with the culture thing because, well, to reject the culture meant that I was also rejecting Christ, rejecting who he created me to be. Mm. And so it was a long journey of trying to come to terms of rediscovering my identity in yeah. that culture. Um, I mean, my identity is truly with Christ first, yeah. but he deliberately put me in this culture so I always look at people and their ethnic backgrounds, and I always think, you know, like if they've got a Chinese background or if they've got half Pākehā and half whatever, that I actually really believe they need to embrace it because it was not by accident that they're in that mm. culture. God actually placed them there deliberately. And so to uh, they must accept every aspect. So the fact that we're born in New Zealand and we've got that culture in us, the fact that... Um, you know, whatever ethnic group, whether you're part Chinese, got German, whatever, and you're Samoan or you're Nguyen, you have to accept that that's what God um, put you in and, mm. and it's done deliberately. And so you have to accept every aspect of yourself because to reject it means that you're rejecting Christ. So that was a big, long journey for me uh, of trying to get my identity back. And also he's overcome it. Like, you know, the enemy is there to try and bring us down in whatever shape or form. Uh, so those two things, meeting those uh, saucy students, finding Christ, probably that was the number one thing, finding Christ to suddenly help me, uh, you know, work through these healings that I yeah. needed to go through. My yeah. gosh, you, you, I mean, you listen to your story, you can just hear the, the, the handprint of God everywhere you know you you didn't have to want to play basketball but you did that time and somehow it pulled you to the associate and you know and because I was just thinking you really had a rejection of the culture and yet you're yeah. pulled to the associate the very thing that's expressing the the Samoan culture and yet God would pull you that way to to help towards that healing so just yeah. Yeah, praise the Lord eh, for for what, what yeah. he's done in your life Jillian that's awesome yeah. um and thank you for sharing some of that deeper stuff too I know it's um uh, it, it's it's not not easy to share and yeah. um and other it, people it, will oh sorry yeah. you, you go Julian. yeah it did take a long time like mm. uh because uh the men would threaten to kill the, my family if i should tell anyone i kept it a secret for yeah pretty much up to when i was 20 something so i always felt i had no voice yeah and so i was very different kind of person I was a very low self-esteem I was very quiet in some aspects or I would cover it up so um, definitely the Lord has um, brought me out and uh, he actually made me question things like who was I supposed to be before the evil came upon me mm. you know um, that I'm not defined by what those men did to me but yet as human beings we tend to let these negative things define us yeah, and um true. but we can't we can't that's where that's where god comes in so I, mm. he would actually you know i would suddenly go well who was i meant to be before these the evil entered mm. my life and so i've had to go through a healing period through that and now i feel that in my you know in my late age i'm now the person i was supposed to be a long time ago mm. um and I, I always share, I try to share my testimony to those who are Christians who have gone through that because some, some of us are not living in victory. We've allowed the past to yeah, uh, yeah. ruin today, um, but they, we, we have to put it on the altar before God. We have mm. to, somehow we have to, 
um, lay to death what the enemy tried to destroy mm. in us yeah. and have his imprint. But we have to take that imprint off and replace it with Christ's love. And that, that's the only reason why I'm probably a different person today is he's actually worked through me through those kinds of things. And so I encourage people, go to him, see who you're supposed to be. And the other thing is too, that he taught me was that we're unique. I actually believe that every single person on this earth is so unique. There's no one else like you. Yeah. And that helps in terms of self-esteem because while I can admire your singing, Richie, and I wish that I could <laughs> sing like you Richie, and all this stuff, right? Or that you're a good facilitator, blah, blah, blah. It, 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 you, you start to think, okay, okay, I don't have those things that I wanted, but I have these other skills that mm, I have. That's right. And you're not threatened. You're actually not threatened by anybody else's. In mm. fact, I, I get excited when I see other people's... Um, talents and skills I get it really I get excited so there's not a jealousy streak in me I tend to look and think wow how amazing they got this talent that I don't have you know <laughs> or yeah. and I don't compare myself and think oh I wish I was like them because that does that serves no purpose yeah because God gave you the purpose to be who you are and who you're meant to be so all of that you know it's taken many many years of uh you know reflection so yeah. I tend to reflect a lot I tend to reflect and even reflect on some of my negative aspects of myself. To, and I ask the Lord to reveal it. And then I say, what am I supposed to do with it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with it, but I just, you know, with maturity, go back to the word and try and focus on the positive of what we are supposed to be like, which is mm. like Christ. Um, yeah. That's so right. it's very important to be fair. Yeah. Sorry, I might be going on a bit, but no, that's um, honestly, Jillian, everything you've said has, has been very beautiful and, and on point, yeah. you know. So, no, don't, don't be sorry. Yeah. This is awesome. Okay. So, <laughs> I think a lot of Christians can be hard on themselves, and they've, mm. it's like they condemn themselves if they slip up. But I think we shouldn't condemn ourselves. I think we need to, to be fair. We just ask for forgiveness and then repent and try and move on. But you know, we're going to make mistakes all the time. We're mm. going to, um, and then realize too late, but we can't move forward unless we actually are fair on ourselves and forgive ourselves. Yeah. It's funny how we can forgive everybody else, but sometimes it's harder to forgive yourself. Yeah. Um, but that's, but we are called to. So when um, bad things happen, because, you know, we're not exempt. We know that life can be tough and um, there are some bad things that happen. Uh, you just have to think of the bigger picture. Like, I know there are some things that happen and I don't feel like forgiving that person, but God commands us to forgive. Mm. And so I know in my heart, at some point, I'm going to have to forgive. <laughs> but in the meantime, I'm going to have to process this to get there because it's never that easy for me to yeah, forgive. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Although it's gotten faster, the turnaround time is a lot faster. <laughs> You're getting holier. Hold <laughs> no, it's not so much. Yeah. So keep ourselves clean in yeah. front of the Lord like that mm. nice oh awesome Jeanette. she said uh, that was supposed to be an introduction but um oh, <laughs> that was that was awesome no 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 that, that that's I, I would never try stop anything that comes out naturally like that so we, so we, what we'll do is we'll just um touch on a few light things and then we'll go back we'll go talk so about some of our some of your community work and so forth so the next question is where do you worship Oh, I'm currently at Equippers in the city. Um, it's I've been there about 
five years now mm. and I run a sal group we call them e-groups but yeah I run run it there at Equipers so Equipers is a very good church and I think one of the things that drew me is the message of love but also the fact that they also highlight that there is an enemy because a lot of churches are moving away from that but that there is an enemy working against us and it's and that there's you know the flip side of hell so um but it's, it's always about love and and how to um push against the enemy and not to let the enemy ruin our lives or or ruin the purpose that god mm. wants in us so i really enjoy equipers it's under um sam and kathy monk Nice. Yeah, and I, and I think that's important that the churches don't pull away from that message of hell and sin and uh, Satan, because, I mean, if you don't, hey, don't preach about that stuff, then, you know, for me, the gospel is the good news. But if you don't have the bad side to contrast it, then the good news isn't as good good news because you just think it's all about love and so forth. But yes, you need to know about um, your sin. You need to know where your sin's taking you. Um, yeah. and, and that's that message is missing from a lot of our churches so yeah that's all that's awesome Jillian um yeah. what other other passions do you have oh I was thinking about that the other day um I know that my friendships are very important to me so nice. as a as a married woman I actually keep up with all my friends nice. <laughs> I have a husband who's very understanding and I actually keep up with all my friends so I um they are my passion I like to hear what's happening in their lives and be there for them if they need me mm. I learn from them when I need to and they encourage me and I encourage them so people are definitely my passion that's for sure nice um, yeah so and I think that's how God created me so yeah I, I take it's very easy for me to talk to people and yeah. as an extrovert it's been very hard being <laughs> locked up <laughs> being with people is always a passion for me nice Awesome. So um, for our listeners, you would know that our normal podcast with Ronji is he has the Fresh Truth 5, but uh, for these shorter versions, we've uh, nailed that down to the Fresh Truth 3. So your Fresh Truth 3, Gillian, um, what's your number one? What's your favorite food? Oh, Thai food is my favorite. Why? 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 Uh, what's what is about Thai food that I think it's the spices just different <laughs> yeah different types of spice yeah but you know my uh Samoan food's not far from it I really love my luau <laughs> and my nice. kalo you know so. <laughs> staples, <laughs> so I staples. Love it. and I like the takihi the nguayen takihi is one of my favorite dishes nice oh, I, haven't, I haven't tried to have to go hit up my friend Carl for some some of that um number two <laughs> what music do you listen to well, as a child, I was crazy about the Beatles, but I would say my <laughs> taste is quite eclectic um, because there'll be days I'll listen to classical <laughs> or opera, and then other days I'll listen to reggae and R&B, so it's quite <laughs> extensive. And as a, uh, people used to say that I was like a 60s person because I loved all the music from the 60s. Yeah. I'd say right up to the 70s, 80s, 90s, that's my music, but my kids are now listening to K-pop. It drives me insane. Listening to <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you, you're not into mumble rap in that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I love some of the rap as well. But, um, you know, uh, not all the time. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah and there's a lot of talent out there, especially in South Auckland for um, rap and all that kind of stuff. I love all that kind of thing too. Mm. 
Blessed One is is a, a Christian group that yeah. you know who's a guy who was in prison and he just loves to rap and express his music. So I like listening to him as well. Nice. Uh, one. I don't know if it's a one or if it's all of them. Awesome. Have you heard of them? I've heard of Blessed One. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then the last first three question is who's your favorite character in the Bible apart from Jesus? Oh, it's actually Joseph. Nice. Mainly because uh, he really endured a lot. You know, <laughs> he had to go like he was betrayed by family. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. and then the part of his wife tried to you know seduce him. And, yeah. And, and he was thrown in prison. So all of these things that happened mm. and yet he remained true, you know, and it helped because he had this dream, you know, so what, and he, he would understand the dream, but I'm just saying that despite all that, he still had to go through his difficulties and journey. And I almost yeah. feel like that's what it's like, that we have to go through that, but still cling to Jesus if we're going to survive these mm. very uh, hefty, things that he went through i think it's his wisdom the fact that he um saved food during the time when everything was abundant yeah and then yeah it was like he he had foresight so mm. i really um i liked his integrity and his foresight and he's thinking about the future and he has a love of the people otherwise why do yeah and of course the love of god because that's mm. actually what really drove him that's right yeah that's why he's my favorite character awesome yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, the, the, he yeah, he has a, a beautiful story, a hard story, eh, and, and but a, a very encouraging one too. Oh, awesome! Yeah. Oh, thank you, Jillian. So that's um, Jillian's uh, Fresh Truth three with her Thai food, her her uh, taste in sixties music, uh, but it is eclectic. And then um, having Joseph as her favorite character in the Bible. Cool. Thank you, Jillian. We're just going to move on to some of your um, I guess a eh, the the purpose of these um episodes is just to really look at how we exhibit Christ in the community and so the first question I want to ask you is just how you got into your work with the community. Hmm. Um, I do think that God had a hand in it but the first time was when I ended up at the Ministry of Pacific Island Affairs. I wasn't actually there long but I was there for youth development um, and then so I was I just remember going to the churches and trying to do homework centers there. For, so while the kids were all, you know, the parents were there for their choir, that there was still a, um, a homework center so that kids could do that. Uh, because I had been part of one, I knew, you know, that's what I was trying to establish yeah. uh, with my um, colleagues at the time. And, and it made me think about prosperity for our youth. And I still have that in my head, like I want prosperity for our youth coming up. So that's how, that was probably the first time. Uh, second was when I went down to uh, Wellington and ended up having to foray into primary schools, doing homework centres at primary schools wow. uh, in the lower hut, uh, mainly the Patoni area. So that, yeah, so it's all, I, I guess that's how it started. And I've been in different communities. I went to Japan. I lived in Japan for about two years. And <laughs> while I was there, I was a true migrant because they re you really, they don't speak English very well. So you yeah. have to actually learn the language. I think that's where my heart for the migrant community comes mm. from because I actually know what it's like to be a migrant. Um, 
then I also worked with the business communities and I saw the struggles, you know, and it's a lot harder than people think. There's this perception that businesses, oh, they just earn money and they profit off people. It's actually, um, most of them are not like that. It's a livelihood for their families. So I got to see the struggles in that community. For some unknown reason, I ended up taking a farmer's portfolio. I knew nothing about farmers, but, but then I also got to understand the hard work. So it's like I've the Lord has put me into different settings and mm. I've really learned about the people's struggles and some of the successes, what, make, what drives them. Um, but of course, I come from a Pacifica background and we were poor as kids. And I have a real heart for the community, there's poverty, and um, uh, the last place I worked at was Te Whano or Waipareira, which is a Māori um, provider. And that's one-on-one. -on -one. Like, I've always dealt with groups, but this was one-on-one -on -one and seeing poverty. And the poverty I saw as a child is nothing compared to the poverty I saw today. So it was like being a social worker, kaiārahi to navigate. And I guess my heart just really bled for those in poverty. But... The biggest poverty really was um, in spirit. You know, that was the biggest poverty. There was no hope with some of the families and I'd be coming in. Now I'm only there for 10 minutes and I'd be sitting there thinking, you know what? There's only one hope and that's Christ. You know, like something bigger than them has to change their world. It's not going to be a social worker that, or kaiari who comes in. But I tried to do my part. We all play our little part. Yeah, and so that's how I ended up in um, doing community work. And then I applied for Auckland Council, and now I'm in the Ōtarapapa toy space, as well as Māngere Ōtahu, and dealing with communities there. And, of course, the demographics are mainly Pacifica, Māori, and, and then the ethnic groups. So, that, yeah, that's how I've ended up here and working with you, Richie. <laughs> oh, I think you're muted. Oh, yikes. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how that happened. Um, I just said, uh, that, that, that's awesome. Yeah, I was going to ask what, you, you, what you're doing now. And, and obviously, I mean, I know, but it was good for people yeah. who are listening to know that. So what, what, are just, uh, what are just some projects you're currently involved with at the moment? Uh, at the moment, um, I get the local board. I serve under the local board and they have outcomes mm. for the community and they put money to it. I'm responsible for that money's and I put it to the community groups to get those outcomes. So mm. at the moment I'm working on digital literacy has been a big thing in our areas because people don't have access to um, digital devices or they don't have access to yeah. Wi-Fi. So I've kind of funded a few groups to help our seniors navigate that space. Um, and also there's the Pacific Connections, which is trying to get our Pacific together. And I'm trying to um, get encourage them to go for funding because there's so much funding out there but there are barriers to getting that funding and I'm trying to make it make try and remove the barriers as much as we can that they have people they can talk to uh, not just in Auckland Council but also other providers like Ministry of Pacific Peoples and try yeah. and connect people together yeah. so um, so there's and there's also cultural things um, that we do to try and make people feel proud world of cultures mm. to expose them to the other ethnic groups that it's not you know that's in their neighborhood yeah so that we feel like we're all a community and we all reach out together um 
but it's actually already rich in all of these things. Um, the richness is there and I'm just tapping in and my role that God's put me there is to try and connect and link, but the answers are already in the community mm. already. And I'm just linking it in nice. as much as I can. Awesome. So we kind of we've kind of heard about what you used to do in the past. We've heard about what you're doing now currently with the Open Council and yourself. Well, how does how does your faith in Christ inform all of this? Well, first of all, uh, when it comes to big things uh, like jobs, I actually pray, and I uh, and and I actually say to God, open the door if this is where you want me to be. Mm-hmm. So uh, if I don't get a job. Actually, I don't get upset. I just mm. go, oh, yeah, it wasn't meant to be. So that's one thing I do in terms of my faith. But it's about excellence in work. I always think I have to work in excellence to my Lord. Um, and so I, I I tend to work hard, uh, sometimes overly too much. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is that for me, it's about integrity. I te- if, um, mm. if I say it, I have to follow it. I Let my yes be yes and my no be no. So I have to learn how to say no, because half the time I say yes too often, and then I end up overworking because I must fulfill what I've just said. <laughs> so that way uh, people will see that he's a person of integrity that they're working on, and hopefully Christ. Um, I'm very open. I never used to be. I never used to be open about my faith in the workplace, mm. but I have become emboldened. And I think mainly because of karakia it's expected now and we're in South Auckland where you know it's kind of the norm to pray Mm. so I'll actually ask to open up even with a whole group of people who don't believe I'll ask to pray because no one's going to say oh no I totally reject that idea nobody says that they just you know um, so I'll actually do my prayer to Jesus Christ at that time there'll be others that might pray and I just I still pray in my mind (laughs) <laughs> during that time to Jesus Christ and give him the honor of the day. Um, other times I'll actually say, oh, I, I actually felt I was called to um, South Auckland, that, mm. that God has placed me for a reason. So I can be very open like that. But the other thing is the swearing and the um, <laughs> taking the Lord's name in vain, yeah. which really hurts my ears. And the way I have had to do it is, and I'm very vocal. So now people don't, do that around me they try not to and they apologize if they do because I just say oh um I don't mean to offend anyone but for my health and well-being could I please I find it really hard when they're swearing <laughs> and it makes me cringe you know it, it, it makes my blood pressure rise and you know they're very open I mean I'm talking to good people good decent people when they find out that what they're doing is stressing someone they're very good at receiving you know and so they'll actually um, respect that. Yeah, they respect that. But um, I think I laughed with you the other day because I also ex- tell them that I'm actually respecting them because I could easily come into a place and go, hallelujah, praise the Lord, and just talk God speak in the workplace. But I don't do it because I'm thinking of them. I don't want to, to make them feel uncomfortable. And if they could show me that same courtesy. So that's how I speak Christ. But I have to I have to be honest in what I do because the Lord knows, right? <laughs> the Lord knows. And that's the other thing. I actually um, am not fussed if I don't get any accolades because the Lord already brought me through a uh, period where he said, well, why do you care about what other people think or why do you need their 
commendations or why do you need to be highlighted when I know the truth? So if the Lord knows the truth that I'm working hard as I can, and if I know I'm working as hard as I can, then that's all that matters. And if anybody wants to criticize, I just go, okay, that's just your opinion, but the Lord knows my heart. And so that's why I don't get embroiled. I don't, I, I guess if someone said, oh, Richie took all the, he took all the credit, I actually don't care because he knows. <laughs> so it's that's good right. to have that kind of thinking. Yeah. Mm. That's how I do it in my workspace. Nice. And, and, and I like that, um, you know, with you addressing when people say OMG or when they say Jesus's name flippantly yeah. and that you, you address it hey, and then hopefully that's that, that that will lead to conversations down about oh, well, why don't you want me to say that why can't I say that Jillian you're like well this is why this is the name so important to me and then lead to a sharing of the gospel so that's awesome right. yeah thanks Jillian yeah. um well there you go folks that's pretty much our interview uh so you've heard Jillian's story um uh, where she's come from um you know, why she is who she is at the moment and, and her current community work. I just wanted to ask, um, Janine, do you have any kind of final words for for people that are listening? Um, I think it's important to love yourself the way God loves you so that you can have, because if you love yourself and love who you are and know who you are in Christ, you'll have that well to love others. And then... I don't operate on my own as well. You have to operate with others, be with others who are like-minded. So there's actually a lot of staff within council that I work with who are Christians too, like mm. yourself, Richie. And I, I get my strength from them too. So being with each other in fellowship was really important. So I, and I, yeah, I think, I think I've said my key messages, which is to um, accept the culture that you're born in every aspect of yourself, because that's important. Um, there is an enemy, so we always must rely on Jesus Christ uh, to go to for anything and everything. And thirdly, just the, um, to love others. And I think for all the talents, for whatever talent we may have, if there's no love, it's all meaningless. So we must remember that love has to be there in the mix mm. of all of it that's my key oh so ask yourself who were you meant to be you know who were you meant to be um when you were born what well, you know who were you designed to be and pursue that of yeah. what god wanted you to be yeah that's right and i think that's, that's your key jillian is is find out who god a his definition of who you're meant to be and, and pursue that so that's awesome folks that's that's pretty much us for uh this episode with jillian ray uh i'll add Duala at the end of that <laughs> um but yeah thank you very much and stay blessed